February is National Chocolate Month. Historians say the Aztecs discovered chocolate 3,100 years ago, and it was revered to the point of worship. The word chocolate comes from the Aztec word chocolatl, which referred to the bitter spicy drink the Aztecs made from the cacao beans. The first chocolate bar was invented in 1847 by Joseph Fry. It's Marching Okay, ladies, listen up. Did you know recent studies are suggesting that women with skinny waists but sizable hips are smarter than other women? Scientists at the University of Pittsburgh and the University of California gave cognitive tests to a group of 16,000 women and girls of different body types and found... with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the second hour of Ghost Chronicles Radio. I am Ron Kolick, your host, and with me, of course, is the blonde bombshell, Anne Carrigan. Hi, everybody. How you doing? Uh, just, it's okay. finally not Are they going to answer you? Or how do you <laughs> I don't know how that works. Well, somewhere I hope they're out there nodding their heads and going, hi, we're good. We're great. We're yeah. good. I don't know. Hi, everybody. Anyways, here I am. So uh, if, you mi- if you missed the international <laughs> show, Steve is on the Isle of Anglesey on Ghost Watch looking for the ghost of uh, Anglesey and under the under the uh, by the pub and under the what's that? Not under, but under the view of the haunted house up in Anglesey. The famous with a haunted view. House. A pub yes. with a view. That's perfect. So right? there you go. Who doesn't yeah. want to go ghost hunting when there's a little pub right there? Mm-hmm. That makes everybody happy. Yeah, they all crashed the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Uh-huh. At least you uh, got listeners. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, yeah. that's good. What's he looking for? What's the he ghost. looking for? Ainsley. There's been a ghost, a, a mist of a person... Mm-hmm. Uh, that's been cited for this particular hour uh, for the lately. So he was there on. He's been on his fourth day of this watch, oh. and uh, yeah. So yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Has he seen anything? No. Well, I've seen plenty of things. So the, uh, the <laughs> international yeah. international space. No, he's not in the pub. He's on <laughs> outside on the uh, where the, the it's the ghost appears on a path that runs along the the coast ah, I underneath see. the haunted house the pub is just happens to be across the street from his vantage point but it's not ah, he's not in the pub damn no. oh well well hopefully he'll see something and report back yeah so anyway uh, <laughs> so i want to thank ann for uh she she did my paranormal uh, workshop for me and on uh 
exploring uh, cemeteries and symbolism and uh, people loved it. Uh, it was, I'd run a monthly paranormal workshop and uh, if you go to uh, circlesofwisdom.com, you can, uh, who is a sponsor of the show, by the way, you can uh, see that monthly uh, one and we deal with different topics every month. So there you go. Oh, you're very welcome. I had a great time and we had a nice group yeah. and it was fun. I hadn't done that in a while. So it was nice to trot out the old PowerPoint and I do mean old because I got to update it. But uh, <laughs> I have, so the version of PowerPoint I did it in wouldn't let me insert uh, the video I wanted to insert. So I was highly oh. disappointed. Uh, oh. And I thought, well, I'll just play it. And then no one could hear it. So, oh, that's out the window. But anyways, uh, well, I probably originally did it back in like 2000, uh, like 2007, 2008. I'm not even sure. So. Yep. Trouble with uh, Zoom, unfortunately. But uh, some people like Zoom. Uh, I've had a, you know, I was dying to get back into uh, the regular room and uh, do live, face-to-face. But uh, uh, I can reach more people. People have said, "Oh, Ron, keep keep it because we we want to, yeah, we we can take it this way." And I said, "Okay." So so yeah, far, we are staying easier. on Zoom. Yeah, I, I think that. It's so much easier for people to just plunk down at home. They don't have to leave. They can see it from anywhere. Yeah. It does have no hands on, you know, like right. if I'm doing one of the do psychometry or something like well, that. Right. It depends on your difficult. topic. Yeah. yeah. You know, for cemetery tripping, it's probably just right. But uh, yeah, if you want to hand around things in the room, it's not going to work so well. But I, I would agree with that as it's a broader appeal. Mm-hmm. This topic. So, but we had a good group. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed yeah, it. Thanks for having me. So, uh, tonight we were looking for a topic to do, and I came up with the idea of pirate ghosts. And, yeah, because we all love pirates. Ann loves pirates. I love oh, yes. pirates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I used to do the pirate and ghost cruise, and Anne, of course, is a parrot head. So, <laughs> she's, she's definitely in the pirates. I am. Can't, I'm disappointed. We can't do Buffett this year. Just, uh, so is that two years row? Yeah. Yeah. Two year lapse. We went for probably a decade. And but obviously we had COVID one year and then this year we still had that fear of COVID. So we never bought tickets. And they're expensive, these tickets. And then we it's just the group. We can't get our group together mm-hmm. to still we could probably scrummage up the tickets, but it's no fun to just go by yourselves. You need a whole group of pirates. There you go. And in a flock of pirates. I need a crew. Right. Crew. And you, so, yep. Yep. Not you, this uh, year. Tail, you tailgate and everything. Oh, God. Yes. There you go. As soon as they will let us in, we're in. And it's it later and later flag. every year. We literally <laughs> do. <Yeah. laughs> we have numerous pirate flags. It's awesome. So much fun. But next year, next year, we're back on board. There you go. There you go. So, anyways, I came across this. Uh, this woman who actually married a pirate, which oh, I thought was was interesting. Uh-huh. And, uh, ben, by chance, do you are you there, Ben? You may speak to me through the voice of God if you like. Okay, good. So I'd like to uh, run that video for me, which is going to be audio, of course. Uh, and it's an interview with this woman who married 
the ghost of a pirate. So let's let's see. Obviously, certain positions work better for for spiritual effects than others. It's easier to feel energy, for example, in a missionary position than it would be um, if you were on top. It would be more difficult. My name is Amanda Sparrow Large Teague. I'm a witch, I'm a spiritual teacher, and I'm well known for marrying the ghost of a 300-year-old pirate. Well, how we first met was I was in my room and I felt this energy around me. It was unfamiliar to me. It was not one of the energies that I was used to working with. So at that point, I said, clearly, this energy, this entity wants to connect with me, has something that it wants to say. So I decided that I would communicate. First thing he said to me is, I'm dead, you know. And I was, yes, I I, I do, I get that. (laughs) So I asked him, obviously, who he was and, and, and what his purpose was. He told me that his name was Jack Teague and that he was a pirate. We had spent quite a lot of time connecting and I got to know him quite well. I discovered myself that I had romantic feelings towards him. And obviously, he felt the same way. So it was shortly after Christmas in 2016 when he first put it to me that it was possible for us to have a relationship. This table here is, um, is very much contains parity type stuff like um, the telescope and the globe. The complete works of Shakespeare, The Tempest is actually his favorite play, and a set of old fashioned playing cards. Again, that would have been one of his uh, favorite activities, gambling, which he wasn't actually very good at. A couple of different pistols, and then of course rum. I leave out a glass of rum for him because that that's what he likes obviously it was his favorite drink so pretty much um the things that he would have liked to have around him when he was alive i suppose my friends most of them that had had spiritual sex it would have been very casual and very random it would have been with different spirits but that's not the type of person i am i'm also demisexual so for me having that strong connection and that attachment was very important before embarking on any kind of a sexual relationship so i talked to jack about that and then he was like well you know we can get married actually it wasn't as difficult as as i thought there is a registrar there has to be verbal consent on both parts it wouldn't be acceptable for me to give consent on behalf of jack because then it's really like me answering for, for him. We had to go and try and source a medium who could connect with Jack. This is my wedding ring and his is the same. We had we got matching wedding rings. We had a candle representing him and I put the ring on the candle. So that's how we managed that one. Yes, he was. Um, not as much as he would have liked to have been. I kind of took over. I was a bit of a bridezilla, to be honest with you. <laughs> Um, only thing that he had specified that he really wanted as part of the wedding was a rum flavoured cake. Uh, apart from that, he pretty much let, let me do the rest. So these are some uh, pictures of the, the wedding. This is the boat. Um, as you can see, the pirate flag was, um, was hoisted on the boat as we went out. Then you've got me on the boat kind of looking out to sea. Um, that's actually after the vows. And somebody had actually just vomited on my dress. So I was quite upset. So I was kind of looking out to see and trying actually not to cry and ruin my makeup um, in that picture. When you're being intimate with a spirit, then that is taking the whole experience of spirit touching you to, to a step further. 
But yes, in that way is how you would feel spurt in an intimate way. People assume that it's masturbation. It's not. If you are in any way touching yourself, then that is not spiritual sex. It has to be the energy. You need to be able to feel the energy of the spirit doing whatever to you. It's, if you're doing it yourself, then that's a completely different thing. The actual feeling of it is, is exactly the same. You'll feel the weight the same as you would with a physical man. Obviously, certain positions work better for, for spiritual sex than others. It's easier to feel energy, for example, in the missionary position than it would be um, if you were on top. It would be more difficult, although it is possible, but it is just more complicated. Even, for example, um, people that, that lose their husband or wife that passes the spirit, very often they will say things like, you know, I kind of felt him in the bed last night with me. I kind of felt his energy. They just kind of think it's their imagination, but it's not. Their partner probably was lying in the bed there beside them. So in a way, you know, it could be comforting to a lot of people as well because it just doesn't have to be with a spirit who's dead 300 years. It could be with somebody that they knew has passed on, you know, before them. Once you talk about spirit relationships or interpersonal relationships between physicals and spirits, you know, it opens up so many possibilities for people. So I guess when you, you actually Google spiritual marriage to begin with, or mystical marriage, um, the first thing that will probably pop up is actually nuns. That is a form of spiritual marriage, obviously without the, the, the sexual uh, part of it. But yes, nuns are in a spiritual marriage. If you're an atheist and you believe in nothing, fair enough. But if you believe in God, then I don't see why you don't believe in what's happened to me because there's no more evidence to support God's existence than there is Jack Teague's existence. It is just a matter of faith. Oh, oh my so God. I wish it was longer. I really oh, my do. God. I could listen to her for hours. Oh, yeah. She's, she's, mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mensa material. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, it's beautiful. It's yep. so beautiful. Yep. Unfortunately, so, yeah. it wasn't, it didn't last. Oh, no. It wasn't sad. meant to be, huh? No. And she had she, to go to ghost divorce court or what? Well, it seems, uh. It seems that she realized that uh, something was wrong with her relationship a few uh -huh. months after, after their marriage. Really? Yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. What uh, was that? Th mm, things happened. Uh, you can't blame everything on the paranormal, she admits. But also, I knew about spiritual attachment and possessions. She says uh, consulting other people about her issues uh, but they were they they assured her everything was fine. Issues? However, issues? She has issues? I guess so. I hadn't noticed. You got issues? Grab a tissue. However, <laughs> she says her issues continually grow, grew worse, eventually putting her into the hospital with a near oh. fatal bout of septus that required emergency surgery in 2018. She believes her former husband, Jack, was the root of all her problems. Okay. He was basically a energy vampire. So when they were having sex, evidently she, he was doing the sucking of uh, all her energy. Uh-huh. Oh, mm -hmm. uh, okay. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. When the spirits stay, along too, stay around too long, 
they need energy. And unfortunately, Jack was using me, Jack was her husband, of course, uh, as an energy source. The ghost pirate yes, husband. Jack the ghost okay. husband. Yes, of course he, he was named Jack. He never except he did you ever see it? He looks like like uh, uh, Johnny Depp. Seriously. Of course he looks like Johnny Depp. Yeah. He had uh, never accepted his own death, so he wanted to continue uh, living through my body. Hmm. Well, what the hell? I mean, All right. I think, yeah, well, well, there's more to this. We've got we to gotta keep going. You know, oh, this is the, watch your head. Ser- ser- this is serious, serious. Watch your head, matey. All right. Yeah. In the end, a lot of red flags. And in the end, after the operation, I realized that it definitely was him. And it took me a while to figure out whether he knew it or not, uh, that it was definitely him, that it, or did he intend to harm me? Ooh. Would I realize that, yes, he knew, <gasps> I, en- no. I ended up having an exorcism in last December. Oh, that's so sad. Oh, poor thing. She says she now has long-standing health problems. Not a which are mental health problems. Really? Oh, that's wonderful. None of that's them. That's good to know. None of them. No, no mental problems at and all. And they're never going to go away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Her, however, her overall health has dramatically improved since the exorcism. Does That's... she regret marrying Jack, you might ask? You might ask. Does she regret marrying Jack? I'm glad you asked, Dan. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> I do regret it. Okay. And in a way, I don't, because he had given me lots of, uh, okay, lots <laughs> of opportunities that I would have never had. That's a good way of putting it. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. She said uh, that now she has cut her ties with the spiritual world. I am a, I am stronger than him, and ultimately, I'm proud of what I did, and I'm really proud that I managed to get my life back together, and I'm much happier now. That's wonderful. Oh. I'm glad. I'm so happy for her. Well, you know, that it had been, a happy ending. That's not a happy, isn't? Poor Jack has been left. Out in the cold. Oh, I'm sure all the thousands of views that no she more, had on YouTube no more from that Gucci. video helped yeah. her right along. I'm you sure. Know, no more hoochie Gucci. Oh, Poor Jack. He must yeah. be like, yeah, he's going to go I'll blind. To some spirit girl. <laughs> some spirit girl in his own realm. You know, you can, you can check her out on uh, YouTube. There's a million of them out there. Or even there, there, she did interviews all over the world. You can I check her out. Uh, yeah. Uh, what, one of the interesting ones I saw is that she used to uh, double date <laughs> with a friend. <laughs> really? Yeah. Really? Does a friend have a ghost pirate too? Well, well, her friend was dating a friend of Jack's. So. Oh, I see a blind date. Ha <laughs> So the four of them, the four of them would go out together. Two mm-hmm. real people and two ghosts. Interesting. They would get a table for four, of course, and uh, they would auto, always order drinks for, you know, Jack liked his rum, so she would always right. make sure he had his rum. And, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Did uh, she, yeah, she probably help him drink it too, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so uh, I, in one other interview, they asked if they, they travel uh, 
Does she buy a, an airline ticket? <laughs> Her That's... response, of course, was, I don't like flying. I, I, I usually go by boat. <laughs> oh, oh, of course. Well, a pirate's <laughs> wife would always go by boat. Yeah. Naturally, naturally. naturally. Anyway, so that's my story. It was it's such a touching story, and and I I really love that particular uh, piece. The uh, the uh, the music in the background is just, just yeah, makes the whole thing. Like, you know, you know the love. You can feel you, you can know, feel the love. Yeah, the you can feel love, the love during the whole thing. Bedtime yeah. magic, right? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, and speaking cool. about love, by the way, and and I do want to bring this up since oh, I brought right. it up. God, is, is of course the affection connection makes its return oh. on August fourth. Uh, oh my goodness! Uh, Eleven thirty. If you didn't see uh. the first one, it has been a hit. Oh. So uh, check it out. The wait. affection connection. Uh, we give relationship advice. Uh, myself, Saint Jan, and the Professor Lou Blasi is. Uh, yep, yeah, check it out. And uh, if you have any questions or uh, relationships on uh, relationships that you need answered by. The three of us, then you know, let us know and right. send it to me, and uh, we'll answer them. The, okay. Oh, you can call in live too. Yeah. We also take live call-ins, which we had. So there you go. We set you on the right path. There you go. Solve all your love, your love problems. There you go. All right. All right, and so I'm Ooh. sure you you can't beat that. Uh, How do I follow this? I don't know. I'm just just thinking that myself. No, seriously, That's, uh, what can I come up with? Mm-hmm. Holy moly! All right. So, I have mm-hmm. a pirate story. Yeah. Is it love in it? No, it's not a love oh, story. Bummer. Well, you know what? It kind of is a love story. Oh, good, good. Yeah, I'm not in a loving mood now. The amount of love that was seen in our last story, no. but it does have its root in a love story. So oh, good. we're going to talk about... Should we put on the little bit of the uh, no. Luther Vandross in the background? Please, let's not put Luther on. Yeah, okay. <laughs> not my Luther. I love Luther. I love him. He's not anymore. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he's not come to me as a spirit, but I do listen to Luther. Okay. But maybe not after that video is true. No, okay, so I point. have the tale of Sam Bellamy. Yeah, Hallett. And the wreck of the pirate ship Widda. So this is about a ship called the Widda, which sank off the ghost of the, the ghost, the, ghost. the coast of Wellfleet, which is way, 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 way down the tippity tip of the Cape, down near Provincetown. So this Where all the virus cases. Ah, uh, yes. I'm trying not to think about that. Let's not think about that. I don't want to talk about it. So, sank off the coast of Wellfleet in 1717. The wreck was located by divers in 1982, and the artifacts they found, featuring gold coins, a cannon, the ship's bell, are featured in the Pirate Museum in Provincetown. I have been there. It's very fascinating, and you should go in there. It's just a small place. There's a real big one further up the Cape with all the fancy, it's like Harry Potter land, but this is the down and dirty of that shipwreck, and it's very interesting. So, the Widow was originally commissioned as a slave ship, and it's named Can we after... say that now? Well, it's history. I mean, it, it was a slave yeah, ship. I know, but they want to yeah. change history, so it's just... Uh, 
Okay. So fine. it's named after the African coastal city of. It's I guess it's pronounced the same way, Wida, but it's O U I D A H, and the Wida is W H Y D A H. It was captured by the notorious pirate Black Sam Bellamy while it was sailing in the Caribbean. Bellamy took the ship as his own, loaded it with approximately four tons of Ooh. stolen gold, and headed north to Cape Cod. I don't. I so I I think so. What happened was they took the slaves to wherever they were taking the slaves, sold them, and got the gold. So then uh, Sam got him on the way back. So he headed north to Cape Cod, but he never reached the Cape, but died with almost all his crew less than a mile off Wellfleet's Atlantic coast in an Uh... storm. He was 28 and is believed to have been the wealthiest pirate in history. There are quite a few legends associated with Sam Bellamy and the Witta. The most enduring is about his love for a local Cape Cod girl named Maria Hallett. On Cape Cod, he met and fell in love with Maria, who was young, only 15, and beautiful. Her parents didn't approve of Sam. He was just a poor sailor. 15, how much How much gold? Uh, four tons of gold. Uh, just a poor sailor, but one thing led to another, and Maria became pregnant with Sam's child. Oops. Declaring his undying love for Maria, was he Sam, dead or alive then? Sam set off for the Caribbean. He was alive to make his fortune. He vowed to return a rich man. So he met Maria before he really became a pirate. I, uh, you know, he was just a poor sailor at that mm-hmm. point. Sorry, my, my bad. So there are many variations of the legend, but they fall into two broad types. In the first, Maria grows Bitter, really, really bitter. She's been shunned by her community and abandoned by the man who said he loved her. Alone and angry, she turns to the one person who was always available to the New England outcast. The devil. The devil. (gasps) You knew it. In return for her soul and possibly the life of her child, the dark man makes her a witch. When Maria learns that the widow is approaching Wellfleet, she climbs onto one of the high dunes and raises a storm. The man who ruined her life is drowned. The widow sinks and Maria dances in the wild wind and rain. The area where she cast her spell is now called the Lucifer land, Satan's harvest or the devil's pasture in been local there. folklore. Been there. You've been there. Have you? I have not been there. I've been to Provincetown and I've been to Wellfleet. But I have not been to this. I was actually, I was actually contacted to do a thing, but not, we, we are coming up to the break. So yeah, I got more after the break in connection yeah. with this story. I'm going to tell you. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, this, this. So we're going to stay more. tuned. We got more about this uh, amazing story of the Wida. Anyways, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles: Next Generation with Anne and Ron right here on Tojanet and Pararex Radio, brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 386 Merrimack Street in Methuen, Massachusetts, in the Glant Messier Family Law Group, 15 High Street, North Mandover, Massachusetts, and our super-duper good friends of Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon. We'll be right back.
Do you have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about? Then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? My name is Harry Price. I am speaking to you via the medium of the ghost box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Parax Radio, The Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing, although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. Well, mustache... I'm required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. And welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ron and Anne. And tonight we're talking about Argmates Ghost Pirates. All right. All right. So Is it ghost pirates or pirates of ghosts? All right. Hold on. Just curious. Ghost pirates are the unquiet spirits of deceased buccaneers. Ooh. Pirate ghosts are specters that have taken up robbing and attacking ships at sea. Does that clear oh, it up? Oh, look at that. Look at you. Ooh, look, look at, at you, me. you little smart thing, you. Stalker. Yeah. I give you credit for that. You got extra points for that Ooh, one, dear. Oh, I looked that up. <laughs> that was good. I, I, I'm really happy with that. That one, you just floated you my go. boat in. <laughs> I just may have a banner made that says that. I don't know. Bye. Right. <laughs> We have this fascinating story about the widow. So the, there's there's a, a, a happier version of this of this very bleak story. Oh, good. Okay. So the slightly less grim version <laughs> claims that Maria uh, remained faithful to Sam, watching and waiting patiently for his return. On the night of the storm, she watched from the dunes, hoping the widow would make it safely to shore. When it didn't, she lost her mind from grief and ran down to the beach. The next day, she was found on the shore, screaming and wailing as she wandered through the wreckage and drowned corpses. Her ghost, yeah, I know. Her ghost is still said to walk near Marconi Beach in Wellfleet, and her cries can be heard on dark, stormy nights. So... The thing about this, they never found Sam Bellamy. He like literally went down with his ship. Yeah. They found a lot of the crew, but they never sa- found the body of black Sam Bellamy. So uh, I guess there's a lot of historical documentation on 
on his life, but there's no documentation about Maria Hallett. Mm -hmm. Did she even exist? It's impossible to know, but Hallett is an old Cape Cod name, so it's entirely likely. But records from the early 1700s can be a little spotty. So legends and strange phenomena surrounded the Widda even into the modern age. And Barry Clifford, the explorer who found the Widda in 1982. I'm going to throw in a little aside here. So mm-hmm. back in 1984, mm-hmm. no, okay, 1983, I, yes, I'm old. I'm going to tell you how old I was in 1983. I was 19 years old, mm-hmm. and I had a part-time job in the mortgage department at Brockton Savings Bank, which is now... Okay long gone defunct, who had a loan, a commercial loan through this bank, but Barry Clifford to, to excavate, to, to, uh, you know, explore a sunken, a freaking sunken pirate ship. I, it was like, I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, the guy, came in. yeah. Oh, sweet. Hell yeah. He financed it. He financed the, um, no, I mean the the bank financed. Uh, yes. It. Oh, yeah. sweet. The bank the bank financed his recovery of this ship, and it was really cool. And there, I can remember looking at the files, and there's pictures, and it, it was just a really cool thing. And it's it's weird that you know all these years later, now I can look back on that and say, huh, wow, I I remember this from when the guy was was trying to get some cash together to, to explore this wreck. So, so anyways, Barry, one, one more side note on that is, yep. is they thought they, they, they actually thought they had the bones of, uh, of the pirate, uh, mm-hmm. Blackbeard. Uh, they did DNA testing. Black on Sam, it. not yeah. Blackbeard, Black Sam. Whatever. Yeah. Black Sam, Blackbeard, Black, whatever. But anyways, they actually thought they had him and, uh, they did uh, DNA testing from relatives and uh, came back negative. So ah. they, they didn't. So he's still out there. Bummer. Mm. Bummer. It is cool, though. They have the ship's, the original ship's bell and everything at that little uh, museum. Uh, so he, Barry Clifford claims that the expedition was plagued by bad luck and strange mechanical malfunctions while it was searching for the wreck. The divers and crew even once heard a voice over their radio repeat the following words. We want your boat. We want your boat. Oh, sweet. Right? The weird shenanigans stopped only after Clifford and his crew poured rum into the ocean and toasted the dead pirate crew. Shortly after making this offering to the dead, they discovered the sunken ship and its treasure. Woohoo! Let's hear it for rum! That's good in, thinking, huh? Uh, in 1998, the staff at a Wellfleet restaurant also reported a strange encounter. One of the customers emerged from the restroom in a panic. He said he had seen a young woman in an old-fashioned dress, but that she had disappeared. The staff checked the restroom and found it unoccupied. The customer hastily signed his name on the credit card slip and ran out of the restaurant. His last name was Bellamy. Wow. Ooh, whew. creepy. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's an awesome pirate and ghost story Absolutely. from our own little neck of the woods down the Cape. But I would definitely love to go down there. 
friends of ours used to have a house in Wealth, uh, Truro, Truro, long since sold, but yes. Before, uh, before Jen had her cancer, uh, we used to vacation down the Cape uh, every September uh, for several years. And, you know, in fact, the places we stayed at, they would always decorate our rooms with ghosts and stuff. And, mm-hmm. uh, they'd, they'd put us in haunted rooms sometimes, see if we catch anything and they'd always have stories for us and everything else. So mm-hmm. yeah, I would like to go on it. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll do that, uh, after this, uh, unpleasantness, uh, ends mm. and, uh, we'll do a, a live broadcast or something down there. All right, that would something. be awesome. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. So, I'm going to stay in this deck of the woods because okay. I don't know if you know this, but uh, you know, New England was a pirate haven. Of course. Yes. How could it yes. not be? Yes. Yes. So um, colonists saw a small bark anchoring near the mouth of the Saugus River in Lynn, Mass. Four pirates lowered a boat and rowed into the river where they entered the deep woods. The men uh, then landed the craft and made their way ashore carrying a chest Ooh. wonder what ah. was in there i wonder huh can't imagine yeah whoop, 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 whoop. Can't place. <laughs> you know what this thing is so sensitive it just jumps all the time mm-hmm. um, that's why okay. i print mine out <laughs> that's a good idea that's easier. uh except it's on a laptop and i don't know anyways a local uh, a crowd of locals witnessed them in the men ne- and uh, the next day they uh, went exploring to see what they could, if they could find them. Instead, they found a note. It said, uh, if a quantity of manacles, digging tools, and chains, and other supplies were brought to the nearby Sargus Ironworks and left in the woods, the pirates would pay them in silver. The locals returned the following day, filled the order of tools, and uh, a day went by, uh, they went back to retrieve their silver. The area where the exchange uh, took place is known as Pirate's Glen. Mm-hmm. Later, the four men returned. Uh, one came with his bride. They built a small oh. house and set up housekeeping. <laughs> in, the, in the coming months, the woman perished from a fever mm. and was buried in a land, but they still had sex, so don't worry about it. Yeah, uh, thanks for sharing. That's great. Yeah. Eventually, authorities found the pirate's hideout and raided him. They had arrested three of the four men and returned them to England for prosecution. However, the fourth disappeared into the deep woods. Uh Uh-oh. The fourth pirate, named Thomas Veal, hid himself in the Lynn Woods in a cave that he excavated further. Uh, Others... Other than occasional trips into town for food, uh, he lived in the cave. It was here that uh, where he was living that he uh, died in the earthquake of 1638. The foundation under the cave split and Veal's cave tumbled in on him, sealing him in there forever. 1638? Yeah. Okay. Why? Pretty early documentation of all this but anyways yeah this is from the new england historical society okay it's a it's a legit interpretation okay uh despite efforts to uh uncover his grave his excavators and hopefully his his treasure uh he would rest in the 
peace for 200 years, so they never found them. Ah. Then in 1852, a man named Hiram Marble bought the land. Marble became obsessed with the treasure for 30 years, and he and his son uh, excavated the rock, rock bit by bit, uh, trying to reveal uh, Beale's treasure. Reveal Beale's treasure. That's a good one. Say that three times fast, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know it. Uh, he would, uh, so he would, uh, to help uh, support his efforts, uh, they took tourists through the cave for a small fee. They sold bonds to investors, promising the share of the profits if they found it. One thing that you don't know, that I don't, haven't seen yet in this article, is that, um, oh, they're not going to have it, are they? No, I don't see it anymore. I'll be damned. Uh, yeah, so this guy was uh, actually a... Uh, a spiritualist, one of the first spiritualists in New England. Mm-hmm. And he told other people that uh, the ghost of Thomas Veal was actually guiding him in his excavations. Ah, okay. Yep. And I've done an investigation there. Uh, it's called Dungeon Rock in Linwood. Mm-hmm. And it is open to the public in the daytime. And you can go check it out, too. It's You can go into the cave, and it goes down. It has uh, stairs that takes you down. Hmm. Yeah. The Marvels did not succeed when they left the city of Lynn, uh, purchased the woods, and created Lynn's Woods. Their dungeon rock, rock can be still seen today for tourists. So go down there, check it out. I went That's there cool. a couple times. One time with uh, Chris uh, Belzano. Balzano. Yeah, yeah, we went down there and uh, yeah, checked it out. So went with Maureen. Interesting. That's so, kind of cool. That's a, that's a good one. It's also in my book, uh, Ghost of Day, as well. Did Maureen that's... pick up on anything there? Uh, she did, but I can't remember, to be honest with you. Ah, okay. <laughs> it was so long ago. I'm sure that's it's curious. in my book. It'll probably, yeah. Yeah, she did. Uh, did she pick up the ghost? I can't remember. It's it's a cool place. You go you go down the stairs and right into the ground into the. I'm cave. amazed. I'm amazed. Yeah. It's still there. Yeah, and you can go into it, which is even better. The only bad part is it floods out sometimes because of where it is and everything. Oh, I'm sure. It, yeah, the cave becomes flooded, which right. stopped some of the uh, excavation. At, at like high tide, you know. <laughs> uh, well, no, because it's deep in the woods, but it's just. It's low and, and the oh, ground is it's in the it's woods. stone it's and sway in, right? Yeah, yeah. you make fixing sway in and it floods yeah. out to the cave. But it's an intriguing place. It's definitely spooky. I'll give you that. I bet. Uh, uh, yeah, Maureen, uh, like I said, was there and uh, she uh, she channeled, I believe, if I remember. And then I uh, Chris took her out of the cave and I stayed there by myself for a while and I I heard all kinds of things. It was the spookiest thing I've ever heard. Cool. Yeah. But oh. anyways, Dungeon Rock and Linwoods, you can check it out today. I don't know if they'll let you do uh, nighttime ghost hunting, but you can go into the daytime. Uh, so check it out. All awesome. right, kid. What you got? I, I have one from Ipswich, Massachusetts. Another one from Massachusetts. This an, imagine. Go figure. Massachusetts mm-hmm. pirates, right? All right. I have a little, I have a little poem to read first so it says harry maine have you heard the tale he lived there in ipswich town he blasphemed god so they put him down 
With an iron shovel at Ipswich Bar, they chained him there for a thousand years. As the sea rolls up to shovel it back, so when the sea cries, the good wives say, Harry Maine growls at his work today. That is by, written by James Appleton Morgan. So, in 1671, another very old tale, a fisherman named Harry Maine arrived in Ipswich, Massachusetts from the Isles of Shoals near Portsmouth, New Hampshire. With him was another man named Andrew Diamond. Both had been successful fishermen in New Hampshire, and Diamond prospered further at Ipswich, helping to build several wharves, purchasing a profitable fleet of shipping boats in a partnership with Francis Wainwright, and became quite wealthy. But for Harry Maine, he didn't fare as well and soon turned to a life of crime. Harry became known as the Wandering Jew of Ipswich. (laughs) No offense to my Jewish friends out there. I'm just reading the story. Okay. And was said to have worked as a pirate, a smuggler, and a moon cusser. A pirate of the worst kind. Moon cussers were land-based pirates who on dark nights erected fires or held lanterns on the sands of dangerous coasts to decoy ships and deliberately caused shipwrecks on the breakers and sandbars. Once the vessels were wrecked, Maine, along with a crew of other pirates, killed the survivors and plundered the wreckage for valuables. These pirates, also called wreckers, were finally arrested, and Harry Maine was punished by being chained to Ipswich Bar, the scene of his former murderous exploits. Do you know why they were called moon curses? Moon cussers. Cussers, yeah. Because uh, they don't want the, the, the moon to come out. Yeah, because right? when a, in a full moon, that they would, yeah, it would ruin their plans. So they, That's right. they were called moon cusses. Right. Yeah. Okay, so uh, he was punished by being chained to Ipswich Bar, the scene of his former murderous exploits, and forced to shovel sand until he died. As yeah. the waters rose, threatening to drown him, his demonic demoniacal yells of rage could be heard for miles around while the area men just shook their heads and said, old Harry's growling again. After the old vagabond died, his home on Water Street was ransacked and the grounds dug up by people looking for the money and treasures that he had stolen, but nothing was found. In the meantime, a local man began to dream of a place where vast sums were buried in a certain hill in the town. He could see the very spot. After having the dream three nights in a row, he determined to test the matter for himself. And one dark night, just as midnight struck, he took his spade, his lantern, and his Bible and began to look for the spot on the hill. When he found the place that he recognized as the same that he had seen in his dream, he immediately went to work. After plying his spade vigorously a while, it struck against a hard object and he was sure he had found the prize. Scraping the earth away with feverish haste, he came to a flat stone having an iron bar laid across it. This he eagerly grasped with one hand and was about to turn the stone over with the other when he was suddenly surrounded by a group of cats whose eyes blazed in the darkness. The digger felt his hair slowly rising on end and a cold sweat stood on his brow. He then grabbed the bar, waved it at the cats, and cried out, Scat! Cried out, 
I can't say it, cried out, scat. However, when the felines fled, the treasure hunter was standing up to his waist in cold water, which had poured into the hole. The man then fled with the iron bar clutched in his hand. The bar was later said to have been made into a door latch by a blacksmith and was often shown to Ipswich visitors as a souvenir of the night's adventure. Afterward, the ghost of Harry Maine was often seen wandering about the sand hills on stormy nights, and his howls could still be heard from miles around. His ghost was also said to haunt his former residence on Water Street. Some were so afraid they wouldn't venture out of doors after dark. Others simply said, the devil is raising old Harry. His name was often used to frighten children into obedience. <laughs> Oof. Watch out, kids. Harry's going to get you, man. Mm-hmm. So that is the ghost of pirate Harry Maine. I had never heard that one before. I think that's I, I didn't interesting. Either, yeah. 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 Stumbled across it. We actually... Go ahead. ahead. I I was actually Googling Maine pirates. Mm -hmm. I thought, well, we'll go up to Maine and see what pirates were up there. And this came up, and I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. So, uh, We actually ran into a pirate ghost. Oh, really? On a lonely night on Wood Island Lighthouse. Oh, Yeah, we were at... It was late at night, and we had done an investigation, and we were kind of winding down, so we were just relaxing in the kitchen, and uh, Leslie was with me, and uh, who else was with me there? Uh, Sherry from uh, Wood Island, our friends of Wood Island, and somebody else, I forget who the other third person. Oh, Karen Ruck, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And uh, we uh, decided to do like the uh, spirit board it's a, a, a uh i forget this another name for it but anyways it's basically like a uh, ouija board mm-hmm. and it was late at night we we're just kind of like messing around and all of a sudden uh we get contacted a ghost or a spirit who said he was a pirate mm-hmm. and he uh spelt other's name as scud his name was scud 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 so uh we went through, and he was kept telling us that he had buried gold on the island. And uh, so we're trying to get the coordinates from him, of course, so we could help the Friends of Wood Island Lighthouse find <laughs> find the gold and be able to complete their renovations. Uh, but they were all muddled. We had a hard time trying to understand them. So anyways, the, 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 a lot of things happened, but that was the, the gist of it, that, that we had spoke with a pirate. Uh, hmm. By the name of Scud, that was he said his name was, and uh, he buried gold in Bitterford Pool. So when we got back after the investigation. Uh, Jim looked it up and he found out that was a pirate named Peter Scudmore. Oh, cool! Who was a um, doctor? And uh, doctor. Yeah, you know when when you uh, when you when the pirates took a ship, you could uh, be pressed into service for the mm-hmm. piracy, and oh. you had worked on the pirate ship. But as long as you didn't sign the uh, the papers, uh, the pirates' pack, then you were prosecuted. However, Skedmore on his own thing uh, signed the papers. Yeah. Oh. 
in uh, April 13th, 1722, he was hung. Ah, uh, well, he was a pirate. Yeah, while singing the first part of the 31st Psalm. And when we came back, uh, when I came back, I looked it up and I found an old newspaper from Bitterford Pool where, mm-hmm. oh, that we, the other thing is they, they he identified as Spanish gold. He had Spanish gold by Barry Nayana. I found an old newspaper that Spanish gold was found in the field in Bitterford Pool. Ah, so they the information. To it. No, it's, it was <laughs> no. probably some of it. They probably buried a lot of it, but. Oh. All the stuff we got from the thing had some validity to it. So right. it was that's it was really, great. Yeah. That is so cool. Yeah. So that was my little pirate ghost story of real that happened ah. to me. Yeah. Ah, I love that. That's excellent. Well, we are coming up to the bell in a couple of minutes. You got a shot one? Um let's see. Uh, maybe. Maybe, okay. maybe. Try uh, it. So uh New Jersey's Spy House, also known as the Seabrook-Wilson House, is said to be one of the most haunted buildings in the state. According to Ghosts of Ohio, the building is home to nearly 20 ghosts, including the spirits of some fearsome pirates. The Spy House got its name in the 18th century while it was owned by a man named Daniel Seabrook. When the Revolutionary War began, Daniel Seabrook sided with the colonists, but he worried that his home would be burned down if he was seen as disloyal to the British. Therefore, he chose to convert the house into an inn for British soldiers. With a key twist, colonist spies were planted upstairs to eavesdrop on the loyalist conversations. <laughs> the inn was not a home to pirates until the 1800s, when it became the headquarters of the brutal Captain Morgan. Arg. Oh, yeah. Name uh, whiskey it, after him, right? Yeah, right. Rum. It is said that, Rum, looking me. to increase his wealth, the captain kidnapped a prominent French family and held them hostage for a large ransom. Eventually, he got tired of waiting for the money and killed them. Uh-oh. Legend has it that the ghosts of Captain Morgan, his first mate, and the family are all present in the house today. The first mate and family members are supposedly quiet presences, whereas Captain Morgan is known to spew profanity. Oh. And drink his rum. A, must be an interesting EVP, right? All uh, right. <laughs> That's my, my short one. Wow, look at that. Look at Saved that. by the bell. Perfect timing. Man, snuck that in. That yeah. was awesome. That's my little my little shorty story. So sticking to it. There you go. No, it worked out fine. So <laughs> well, unfortunately, that is the the bell, which means the pirates from the dead are here. <laughs> with pizza, I hope. <laughs> with pizza, yeah. Yep. Anyways. Pirates with uh, pizza. There must be a t- thousand pirate jokes, right? Oh, <laughs> I, I we're not gonna look for a pirate joke now. Are no, we? there's really? no time. No there's time. no time. No okay. time. Unfortunately, <laughs> it would have been good. However, there isn't. So anyways, uh, you've been listening to Ghost Chronicles um, Next Generation with Ann Carrigan and Ron Kolick right here on Tojanet and Pararex Radio. Uh, brought to you by Circles of the Wisdom, 386 Merrimack Street, Methuen, Massachusetts, and the Glant Messia Family Law Group, 15 High Street, North Andover, Massachusetts. And our good friends on Patreon, Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon, you can become a member of two. Uh, you, you join and uh, you get access to there's a whole crap of whole whole pile of uh, videos <laughs> on there now. And uh, they some of our listeners include uh, <laughs> our, our Patreons include 
Quinn Doobie, uh, Craig the Groot, Craig the Groot, Anna LaRoche, and Susan Brown. And we thank you for supporting us and helping you, uh, helping to bring these shows to everyone. So that's that. All right, we got to wrap it up. Anything you want to say? Oh, I don't know. All I do want to say, I'm I'm going to be on vacation for the next two weeks. Woot woot. And I will be by the sea looking for pirates down in Wellport, uh, yeah, Westport. Anyways, but I'll see you guys in a couple weeks. Stay away from that virus stuff. I will. I'll be on the yes. beach away oh, from it. Yeah. I love the beach. So everybody right. have a good time uh, listening to Ron. I'm sure I'll get some interesting co-hosts. Yep. Good night. God bless. Night. Thanks for listening, everybody. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us good law.